Welcome to episode 34 of RJ Bell's Dream Preview MLB Edition. My name is Taylor Ringgold, and my co-host Griffin Warner is here. Griff, we did really well last. What? What? Episode. What'd you say? What'd you we say? We went to and oh, your Guardians win, my Mets win. I feel like we're on top of the world. A nice two and oh. It almost feels like a two and a half and oh because your guy lance lynn took a loss as part of it too that's right baby look he contributed to the pod if if lance lynn can somehow contribute to the pod in a positive way like that last night i mean mo- monday night i mean my you know what griff let's give him a round of applause give a little round of a little nice job lance 18.0 era Congratulations. michael lance lynn nice michael there lance michael lance yeah. One of my friends is actually, he, I think his Facebook name was Michael Lance for a little while. Um, who knew that they're, they had so much in common? But look, we, we have to give a, a nice shout out to your boy, um, Cal Quantrell. He, you know, he had a, not the greatest start, but he held it in there. And then the bullpen shut it down for the, for the Guardians to keep you. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know that I feel great about Cal Quantrill. Um, he, I know. I'm he trying to be positive here. Good if the White Sox are scoring as many runs as they did, because I looked at it, it was a pretty big uh, lead that the, the Guardians jumped out to. And then all of a sudden, I was like, here we go. Lance Lynn's back in it, going to snake a, a six-inning, six-run win out of me, but never got there. So uh, thank you to Lance. He's uh, been destroying my fantasy team, ERA, whip ratios, everything like that. But, uh, you know, pretty pretty good for the best bet. I'll take it. And I'll take my bet. Max Scherzer absolutely was dealing, continued his after his first start off the IL against the Reds. Now he continued it in Atlanta against one of the better teams in the game. Went seven innings, nine Ks. Uh, Max Fried, surprisingly, not a really great start. He had five walks in his five innings of work on the mound on Monday. A lot of clutch ABs. And then Edwin Diaz striking out the side to end the ninth. Um, when you have that guy in the back of that pen, it's an absolute weapon. So, hey, 2-0, 2-0. Yeah, yeah. the I only can, I, weapon I, for me, sorry to, to jump in, the only weapon for me with Edwin Diaz is he's just stabbing me usually because he's really great when I'm against him, and he's so bad. He blows so many saves when I bet on him. I don't know, I don't know why that is, but he's – I mean, everyone talks about how awesome he is, how lights out he is, so I guess I need to change my opinion on him because he's yes. been a solid reliever for a while. I just seem to time him – Almost as badly as as possible. Yeah, he is. Uh, I'd say he's the best reliever in baseball. Josh Hader. Uh, if whoa, like, whoa, whoa, people, whoa! People might disagree. Uh, Clay Holmes has become one of the better relievers oh in baseball. Oh my god, dude! He just went up two runs. Here? He left two runs all year. Three if, runs, if maybe. You, if you thought that people got on us for being a New York biased. Uh, podcast, and then all of a sudden you're saying that the two best closers are both New York teams, and one of them is kind of a closer because Rollis Chapman has become a closer. Ever, yeah, I mean, it should be his job. It I, is I think, his job. You never, I think should Mr. Never Chapman, Mr. Chapman is hanging in the wings a little bit longer, a little too close to, for comfort uh, for Mr. Holmes. But yeah, I mean, they've been great. I, man, I don't know. 
I mean, we could probably even one of these shows over the all-star break, do a draft of our, our favorite closers or our bullpens that we trust the most. I, I don't mean, know you... that either of, of those te- two teams are on it, but I mean, it's a down year for bullpens. The Rays aren't the same. You know, there's a lot out there that just isn't exactly looking like the lockdown uh, back end that we thought they would be. But then you got the Orioles, man. They've been awesome, too. They had so many bullpen arms. They were trading them to the, the, to the Miami Marlins right before the season started. And they're still lights out. It's great. Yeah, just the one last thing about your Guardians. Uh, your boy, Classe, who got the save, mm. he's having – an unbelievable year making the all-star game for the first time. He has 40 strikeouts and 36 innings. He's nice little one, four, nine ERA. He is, he, he, unfortunately, like I wish he had a fourth pitch. All he has is a three pitches. He has a uh, four seamer. I want to say cutter and then a slider. And they're all like the lowest pitches slider goes like 93. So, yeah, but, but let's keep in mind that there's plenty of two pitch pitchers that, that are closers. I mean, Roldis Chapman was great for a long time with a fastball slider only, um, still wonder, still, still wonder why my, uh, I guess my currently my hometown team, the Texas Rangers traded class a when he was a really good eighth inning guy for Corey Kluber, who's I think pitched for at least two different teams since then. Um, yeah, not sure what John Daniels is doing. Um, besides giving Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon really big contracts in the same year on a team that's not really competing, I don't know. A lot of questions as the Rangers currently sit halfway through the division, uh, probably the worst place you, you can be. You either want to lose all your games or you want to be fighting for the playoffs and they're doing neither. It, you got it kind of sucks when you look, look back at those weird trades and you're like, Oh, now look what we gave up to have. Now he's absolutely dominating. But um, we do have a really interesting fan question for this week, but before Griff, I get into that, we get into it. I'm going to talk about, uh, the reasons why you just sign up for pregame because I think we it, it's very important to discuss that. Am I correct? Yes, you're correct. So, have you listeners signed up for pregame yet? Well, if you haven't, now is the time to do so. Pregame.com will give you a free $25 site purchase just for signing up. Signing up takes 90 seconds and you take advantage of being a site member by making and tracking your own picks. You can post your own picks and analysis in our pregame.com forums. Draw a following and become a valued member. Sign up today and receive a $25 site credit to purchase premium picks from one of pregame's very own professional handicappers. Like my co-host, Kirk from Warren over here. Get your oh, yeah. free best bet today. All right, Griff. Today is Wednesday. That means fan questions. And I, I've received, I'd say... A little backlash from oh, my yeah? best, yeah, a little bit, a little bit more than what, than what happened. What happened to that best bet of yours, though? It won, but oh, oh. yeah, it won four one win. Shares of the W. Yeah, I had him at plus one oh eight, an underdog. We mentioned on Monday's episode that Max Scherzer really hasn't been an underdog majority of the time in his career. I right. was looking up yesterday uh, after the show. He was an underdog. I think for, there was a huge stretch of time where he wasn't an underdog. I think it was like a two or three year stretch. He was an underdog maybe like three times. And then as of late, the last few years, maybe 2021, it was like five or six times. But that's not a lot of times for a guy who's starting 32 times a year. Right. And he's one of the most dominant pitchers in the game. So I was receiving some sort of questions about how 
why take an underdog like that against one of the better teams overall in baseball and then the Atlanta Braves? And the pitching matchup is so tight when it's Max Freed, who is having an unbelievable year, sure is coming back off the IL. Maybe it's just too much heat in one game. Why just stay away from it and go to a different game? So with your expert um, opinion and your knowledge on this, was it the wrong move for me to pick an underdog in Max Scherzer, or should I have just left it alone and go with maybe an easier bet from Monday slate? Well, I mean, we're not in the business of just picking easy winners because we could play a minus 300 favorite every night and probably win. The problem is over a long period of time, you have to hit at a very, very high percentage to win uh, money long-term. And we're really, I mean, we don't have a fiduciary of responsibility, but we're looking out for our listeners and trying to give uh, plays that we would make, plays that we're interested in, things that we think are worth uh, putting hard-earned dollars on. Life is expensive, gas is high, you know, a uh, beer's eight dollars in New York or something like that, maybe twelve yeah. at this point. So, like, you got to be careful with your money and you got to try to pick your spots. I mean, it's very easy to talk about because it was a winner, um, but there's also good bets that lose at the same time. Uh, I feel like um, putting harder and doll hairs behind Max Scherzer as an underdog, where you're getting, uh, where you really have to win the bet. 50% of the time, or even less when you're getting plus 108. I mean, it's easy to say because it won now, but I mean, you kind of got to pick your spots in this sport, especially in 162 games that last six, six months for a season. And then also another month for, for playoffs. I mean, we could make a bet every day. We could make 10 bets a day. I think it's really depends about managing your bankroll. And that's one of the things that pregame.com really preaches uh, is trying to be consistent with your, your plays, having for similar amounts of money, having strong money management skills, because it's a hard game. It's a psychological experiment. Essentially, every loss is a loss, but you learn different things from it. You win games you shouldn't. You lose games you shouldn't. Um, and I think the biggest thing really in, in betting is trying to pick your spots, finding a, a place where you think there's value on a team and making sure that you, um, you win when, when you bet. I think that was beautifully said. And for my rebuttal to all these different DMs yeah. I got on my Instagram, because I posted a uh, Instagram reel and I was posted on Twitter too, just of really what I was saying about the my best bet from Monday's episode. Gave some cool graphics with it, some videos. Um, and I was just been told like, hey, dude, I mean, the Braves are unbelievable. Why even do this? And I said, but the Mets are great too. And they're a great comeback team. They score, always score late. The bullpen's a little shaky with Adovino stinks. He had a good night though. And Diaz is always locking down at the end of the game, which is nice to see if you're a Mets fan. I just have faith in Scherzer. And when it comes to big time matchups and big time moments, this is the, we got the about a few more days until the all-star break. This is a must-win series to end the first half of the year. I want to put the ball in a guy's hands who pitched, who's pitched in every kind of moment, opening day starter, a game like this, postseason game, World Series game. Like I, I want, I want this guy on the mound, and I want him to win the game. And betting on him, that was my reasoning because I said this is a huge game. Scherzer is going to come out against a really good lineup, and he did. And he struck out nine. We love to see it. All's, all's well that ends well. Uh, I think it was probably surprising to see the Braves who have been as hot as you can be, really. 
Uh, and then seeing Max Friedman as wild as he was, because that's not really the type of pitcher he is. Five that's walks. another hard part. Like you could, you could bet the minus 300 favorite every night, but if you have Max Fried on a bad evening, it takes you three bets to make that money back, depending on how you're, you're staking things or, or what your risks are. And, and that's, that's why, I mean, my strategy is ultimately, I try to find value in underdogs who I think will win ideally more than 50% of the time, but that's pretty rare. And, and then I'm completely fighting the market in that situation. But I, I've kind of, I used to play dogs of any size. I, I've scaled back some of the bigger ones because unfortunately they just don't come through enough and I don't have a, an unlimited bankroll like I wish I did. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think if you're going to play in this sport, especially, I think it's really about trying to find the best value um, that you can find teams that you think are underpriced or, or overpriced and going the other way. And ultimately just trying to stay consistent with your opinions on a team and recognizing that there are going to be stretches where you win a lot and you lose a lot and you got to somehow maintain a level head, not get too high when you're winning all the time, not get too low when you're losing um, and just try to do your best because ultimately every game's independent and uh Eventually, we'll hopefully end on the right side of this, this at the end of the season. That's right. And for the people that want to continue to reach out to Griffin and I, you can follow both of us on Twitter and go DM us or tweet at us. And also my Instagram as well is just Taylor underscore Ringgold, which I post a lot of video content on there. And I get messages all the time about um, either baseball questions or in general, or now I'm getting betting questions and betting um remarks disagreements would say so that, that kind of gets into maybe a question and that's what happened for this episode but every wednesday we'll get a question answered that's what we do on this podcast another that's wednesday fan questions griff we have a nice slate of games for wednesday let's break it down with the very first game being the new york mets against the atlanta braves yeah i mean all you can ask for, I'm going to try to figure out how to uh, slyly watch it on my phone at work. Hopefully my boss isn't listening because he's not a huge fan of me being on my phone. Might just have a headphone in, listen on the radio or something like that. But yeah, we got Chris Bassett at Charlie Morton. Uh, both two pitchers that have been really good this year at times, really bad at times. I think Charlie Morton's probably been a little bit better lately. Current number, Charlie Morton minus 144 home favorite over under eight and a half. Uh, Charlie Morton's got the swing and miss stuff back. He's been pitching a lot better because he had a really rough start to the season. Uh, Chris Bassett just came back from COVID, but was pretty good in his last start. Um, I think I have some interest in the Mets as a pretty sizable underdog here because uh, I think these two teams are very similar. And I'm not sure that the Braves are really as strong as this line suggests. Last night's performance from the New York Mets hitting-wise was great. A lot of clutch hitting. Uh, Alonzo's clutch last night. You had um, Guillaume was super clutch. couple moments. He's hit two home runs this year, Griff, and they've been both off of Darren O'Day. Both. And he's only at two. I think he has four career home runs. So he's got O'Day's number. I like the Mets in this one. I think they're, the momentum from last night hopefully carries over. But Charlie Morton is that dog. He's got that dog in him. He loves big moments like this. So I don't know. It's going to be a fun game to watch. The whole series is going to be great to watch. Yeah. I'm still wondering. Cause I mean, things were looking so bleak for Charlie early this year and he was talking about retiring in the off season. I feel like the Braves had to convince him to stay as an active player, uh, but he's been good lately. Braves have been awesome. 
I mean, they they deserve definitely to be a favorite at home, but this should be a pretty good matchup. I'm definitely looking forward to it. Next, we'll go to Arizona at San Francisco. Uh, man, Arizona bullpen is a scary, scary thing. But uh, currently, it looks like Zach Gallen is starting for Arizona. Have no starter name for San Francisco. Wonder if that's a bullpen game, especially as we get closer and closer to the All Star break. It might be one of those things where everyone mm-hmm. is. Uh, they're just eyes on the prize looking at the week off ahead and just trying to get there um, with spit and duct tape or whatever it is. Uh, next we'll move to Pittsburgh at Miami, JB Brubaker at Pablo Lopez. And here's a good opportunity for Pablo uh, to continue his assault on opposing hitters. Cause he's had a really good year so far. Brubaker's got some swing and miss stuff in him. Not a great pitcher, not a great team. And Miami's dealing with a lot of injuries right now, but uh, Pablo Lopez, this is a perfect situation, ballpark for him, and he gets to face a lineup that's not very strong. So uh, currently, Lopez is a minus 178 home favorite over under a seven. I have some interest in the Pirates, but I'm not sure it's that much. Oh, I have zero interest in the Pirates and Brew Baker. I just don't believe that. I, I Look, and I also understand the Marlins lineup isn't as strong. Look, they have a few good bats in that lineup. Garrett Cooper, shout out to him. He just got announced the the all-star game as one of the reserves. So good on him. I don't know if Lopez made the all-star game this year. I mean, I might be. I think he should be. He should be there. I think he should be too. Um, I'm just going to make sure here. I don't want to be talking out of pocket here. Let's see. Um, No, he did not make it. The only Marlin that made it besides uh, Garrett Cooper was Sandy Alcantara, who I think should be starting. Well, that's Pablo Lopez should be a, should be and we and we might be seeing him as a reserve in the next yeah but like even then even i agree like carlos rodon too rodon too i think should have been an all-star too and he was put in as a reserve with also jd uh jd martinez also came in to reserve as well but i like lopez in this lopez has had three straight starts on the road the majority of his starts this year have been on the road this year uh, not pitching the ballpark that he that you know is his home ballpark that often. I don't think that should be a could you know a, a thing to look into too much. But I, I'm just looking at his stat lines. And I'm like, holy shit! There's that's seven out of his last I think 11 games pitched or 12 games pitched. He's pitched on the road, so that's well, a lot. I'm, so maybe those numbers are a little little bit more legitimate because I'm not sure you can find a better pitcher's park than potentially maybe Tampa Bay, or honestly, I think Arizona is becoming one of them as well. Next, we'll move to the Dodgers visiting the Cardinals, Tony Gonsolin and his 11-0 record on the line at Adam Wainwright. And unsurprisingly, uh, Gonsolin's a road favorite here, minus 145, over-under is eight. Um, it's hard for me to want to go against the Dodgers. I know we both thought they are going to be really good coming into the year. St. Louis is, is strong. I just, Wainwright, I know you haven't had a great time with him so far this season, but He's just not the type of pitcher that I want to back, uh, even at home as a pretty sizable underdog. I'm just not sure he's the guy against a Dodger lineup that can hit him pretty hard. You know, if he was facing maybe anybody else, maybe besides the Yankees and the Dodgers, I might go with him because of how well he pitched in his last start. He had a complete game, two earned runs against a really good offense, the Philadelphia Phillies. He's not going to strike out a lot of guys. He's going to be out there. He, look, he's going a lot of seven-inning games. He's had a few rough starts this year. But um, when Tony Gonsolin's been on this good all year long, he's looking like 
I don't, I don't look a healthy Walker Bueller is the ace of that squad, and you have three guys that legitimately could be aces for this team. Tony Gonsolin's kind of going in that direction with Julio Urias and then you know Bueller when he's healthy and off the IL. Uh, you got to go with the guy who hasn't lost a single game this year. Next, we'll go to uh, Rocky Mountain High, Joe Musgrove at Chad Cool. Uh, Padres still not really hitting, but they got a really good start from Shamanaya last night, and that's a good sign. We'll see if Chad Cool can follow up his uh, complete game shutout against those Dodgers um, with another home start. I'm going to say unlikely on that one. But uh, currently Musgrove minus 161 road favorite over under 11. And that's a huge number for a team that can't hit. Maybe going to the, the mountains is going to help out uh, a struggling Padres offense. I mean, it looks like Manny Machado, he hasn't really been the same since he hurt his, his ankle. Uh, maybe came back a little too soon. But that rest of that lineup, Cronenworth's getting a little bit better. But I still see a lot of empty uh, batting positions in that lineup. And one nice thing, though, the Padres do have a big bullpen advantage over the Rockies. Is it worth a dollar sixty-one for every to win every dollar? I'm not sure, um, but I just I don't know that Chad Cool can really follow up his cool outing against the Dodgers. Uh, outstanding. Um, I was going to say, is it Chad Cool or is it Chad not so cool? I don't. I mean, he threw a complete game shutout in the hardest like hitter. Park in the game and somehow like I don't know that was a pretty cool performance but I just if he does it again then we might have to anoint him as Chad Cool his actual name instead of Chad Chad not so cool. Well, Chad not so cool might have a tough time against the pods. I think if you want to look at it this way, with how he's pitched, look he, he is he is definitely a guy to get traded. I think he is maybe a, a late maybe first, like August 1st, he might get dealt. You know, I feel like he could be a back-of-the-rotation guy. Maybe he can pitch in deep parts of September, be some something of substance to a playoff team. But I feel like these next next few stars need to get him. He needs to have a positive start if he wants to get traded out of, out of Colorado. But I think Chad, not so cool, will have a tough time against AS, a unfortunate and kind of a weak offense. But it's the pods we're talking about. Musgrove's having a great year. And I don't know if the ele- um, over under 11 is going to hit over. I, I just don't see how both these offenses can put 11 runs together. Well, there's a lot of runs that can get scored in that ballpark. I, I would agree. Say, uh, unfortunately, the Padres don't look like they're going to do a lot of that heavy lifting. Uh, but I also didn't know that I was uh, sharing a podcast with the biggest Chad Cool supporter in the world because I'm not really sure anybody's traded for that guy. But – he has had some good years in the past, and then he ran into injuries. Maybe maybe this is a year. He's finally turned that leaf. He's uh, potentially going to be a fifth starter, which doesn't really – you don't really need in the playoffs. I don't know I don't know where he fits in. I also don't know, like – I'd say – I'd say – I'm not – I wouldn't say I'm the, the Chad Cool supporter. I love how we, we say, is Chad cool or is he not so cool for each uh, of his starts? Uh, but I think when it comes to trade baits and guys that – get traded i think he's definitely on the short end of the list but i've heard some some rumblings that after cool's last month being pretty dominant okay pretty dominant's kind of a stretch but uh, pretty decent i think there are some rumors of him might getting dealt but i don't i I don't see it myself but that's what i've been, been hearing i mean definitely anybody on a team that's not competing they are all available um 
True. Kind of wonder if uh, Shohei might be uh, available, but we'll get no shot. We'll get them in a little bit. His contract's coming up. Uh, Detroit at Kansas City will switch to the AL. Tarek Skubal at Brady Singer. These teams won't stop playing, it seems. Um, currently, Singer minus 116 favorite at home, over under is eight. Uh, both these pitchers, you know, they're young arms that look to be good in the future. Not sure they're there yet. Uh, I think Scooble throws really hard for a lefty and has a lot of downward movement, but I don't know that he has enough to really strike anybody out. And that is exactly how I would describe Brady Singer is that he can't strike people out. Uh, I, I guess I prefer the Tigers bullpen to Kansas City's, but they're on the road. I don't know. Save us. What What do you want to do here? <laughs> I was gonna say I'll, I'll take Schoolboy in this matchup, and I remember uh, I'd say a few pods ago we we talked about him at, not really at length, but we talked about him a little bit how he was so dominant in the month of May in the early parts of June, where his ERA was as low as uh, two three two seven around that time, under three ERA for the future of the Tigers rotation, and then he skyrocketed to our four. But his last start against the White Sox, he went six strong innings, seven Ks, just let up only two runs. After a nice start against the White Sox, a kind of a, a easier matchup in his next start against the Royals. I, I might go on the side of, of Scooble, and you like to mention the bullpen for the Tigers is in the back end with Gregory Soto and then Michael Fulmer. It isn't that bad. It's better than some uh, – honestly, sometimes we look at these great teams – and some of these weaker teams might have better bullpens than actually those really elite teams that we've been seeing. But um, I like school bowl in this matchup. Yeah. Uh, early August, I would expect the teams that are out of it that have good bullpen arms, they will be trading and, and they'll probably be getting good pieces, like better than you ever would have expected in the past. Um, but we'll move on to the next one. We'll go Red Sox at Rays. Uh, Josh Vinkowski, maybe, uh, at, at Shane McClanahan, currently McClanahan minus 165 favorite over under a seven. Um, the Red Sox, you know, Rafi Devers isn't feeling well, DHing. Um, of course, Brett, I, I'm going to leave this game that's going on behind me. I, I don't want to talk about Phillips who can't catch anything. Um, anyway, uh, the Red Sox here, it's going to be tough. Shane McClanahan's awesome. Um, he's going deep in games now. It hasn't happened in a while really in his career until this season he's been awesome uh big difference in lineups but also big difference in bullpens i mean you could probably argue that mcclanahan's pretty expensive minus 165 consider the race of closed as an underdog in like both of the games this series so far um but minkowski was not good against the, the the yankees and you can't really defend walks no you can't and when I was watching his start against the Yankees, his command was all over the place. The walks were coming at a premium. And he was – you can tell, like, the emotions were on his sleeve. And the young guy like him, that was like a wake-up call. Uh, hopefully it was. And I th- I want to just be pos- almost positive here. I saw – I follow – shout-out to uh, Jared Caravas, who works That's for nice. – um, yeah. yeah, covers the Red Sox. He, I want to say he posted something about him, this pitcher, and how he bitches about every time he pitches against somebody and loses. And he says, oh, the, ter- the stadium sucked or their lineup wasn't really that good. Like, find the excuses. That right off the bat, like, is not what I want out of a pitcher. I'm going to look at this up, finding excuses. Yeah, it was just like something 
hilarious to see. Yeah, he throws shade at the Yankees lineup. Stop throwing shade at the Yankees lineup. You got worked. Tip your cap. You have no experience. I don't want to see this guy in a mound or where anywhere I want. I want to bet against him. I'm going to. I'm going to bet against him all the time. I know the Rays lineup is very poor, but maybe sometimes two runs can get you the W with Shane McClanahan on the on the mound. Who knows? Certainly could. Uh, next, we'll go to the White Sox at the Guardians. Lucas Giolito and his struggles take on Aaron Savali and his struggles. Uh, currently, Giolito is a minus 113 road favorite over under his eight and a half. Um, the White Sox, they struggle with the righties. I'm not sure they're really that good against lefties, especially after hearing how how well uh, Terry Skubal knifed through them with more strikeouts than innings pitched just in the last week or so. Uh, but the White Sox, I mean, they had a doubleheader today, so really tough to really think about. And, and, and based on something we'll get to in next week's podcast or, or, or futures, but seeing the White Sox are, have a better shot to win the AL Central than the, the Guardians currently do. So that's a little bit of a surprise from uh, an odds makers point of view. But ultimately, that's um, probably just because the White Sox started as such a big favorite in the Central and are such a disappointment. But I mean, they're going into it into the lion's den. And as a road favorite, I think all I can do is lean to Savale, though it's a major hold your nose and jump in the, the, the deep end of the pool. You're really going to go with Savale on that? Really? I mean, he was really good against the Royals. Uh, yes, it was the Royals. But uh, his bullpen did blow that one. Uh, unfortunately, not great for your boy. But, um, I yeah, Lucas Gilito just doesn't. I feel like he's he's always been this big prospect that finally looked like he was delivering after it didn't work out in Washington. He got traded away uh, and then kind of struggled the, for the White Sox, but then had a couple, maybe two good years. And I feel like he's back to being um, confusing to me. Seeing Giolito just at minus 113 is like what what's going on like this guy this guy's so much better than he is like the, he he should be even high it should be like minus 150 minus 160 and also the the, the white Sox offense isn't great either that's also put in the dent in that in that um you know in that number but just Sobali is just not good dude i can't i can't do it i, I if i'm if i'm a betting man which i am um I, I would like to take G Lito. Hopefully he can bounce back and lower that ERA under five. I mean, he's be been nice. coming around. He, he fought through it against the angels uh, a couple weeks ago in, in Anaheim. I think he's from the LA area. If I'm yeah. not mistaken, uh, Westlake, I think, or one of those, there's like a Westlake in every state. It feels like, but um, yeah, I don't know. Burbank, I, I California. Just, yeah. I just, I don't know that he's, I, I'm, I do like the, the, the guardians former tribe um but i'm not sure exactly if that if aaron's folly is good enough to make my card next we'll go to uh just down the road for me the oakland athletics uh and paul blackburn here we go which is funny because my co-host is wearing a mariner shirt as we speak right now but uh he definitely has been repping the double athletics best pitcher and maybe only all-star paul blackburn is that right did he get did he get a nod yes he did first time yeah, good for him. Well, John Gray is a minus 179 favorite. So Paul Blackburn is not getting much of a shot. Over-under is eight. But to be fair, Paul Blackburn hasn't gotten a shot most of this year, and he's been he's been kind of a giant killer. And I love it. And I might be talking about this a little oh. later. I don't know. But Paul Blackburn's last start was very bad. He, his ERA has been in the twos for majority of the year. 
and then it skyrocketed up to a three three six against the Astros. You talk, you hate to see it pitching at home, but what can you do? You left six runs against the Astros, two long balls, did strike out six and four innings, but maybe a little come down to earth. But this is a nice bounce back start against a Ranger team that seems like the offense is there, and then they also just like disappears. But I feel like that's the Texas Rangers the last like five years. But um, but your boy John Gray, it's your boy. I, I do really like John Gray. Um, he's been not as good as I thought because when I was really just shouting from the mountaintops about my my interest in John Gray, which is surprising because I think he's went to Oklahoma, but whatever, I'll, I'll leave that to the side. Um, yeah, no thanks. Um, uh, will not accept what hand signal was just showing. It was horns down. I just did some horns down. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would get you 15 yards on a football field. But anyway, know. <laughs> um, which is ridiculous, but that's a different podcast. Um, I, you know, John Gray, I feel like he's he's got the stuff, he's got the the ability. He should mow down this Oakland double A athletics lineup. We'll see if it happens. Next, we'll move to Disneyland. Uh, Christian Javier off a pretty poor start against the Royals. Um, couldn't keep up his umpteen strikeouts per outing uh record going, but he's at the Angels and Shohei Otani already mentioned on this pod. Uh, currently, Otani's a minus one twenty-eight favorite, over under seven and a half, and uh, the line's available. At least uh, looking at the the, the pregame.com game center, it's all over the place. So this line is real. The bookmakers are not high. They are making the Angels a favorite to the Astros. And I can tell you now that this will come up when I lead off best bets later in the show. What do you think about this? Ah, you son of a bitch, because I really like this too. I like it. The reasons being that Otani's last five starts, he's been fan-freaking-tastic. And his last three starts, double-digit strikeouts, 13, 11, and then 10 last week against the Miami Marlins. He's absolutely shoving it in his last five starts. He's won all five games. He's five and two on the year. I'm sorry. His pitching record is not five and two. Um, I think his record is eight and four. I had to double check. Pitchers wins don't matter. Keep going. Uh, I'm just interested. Anyway, besides that, uh, he is, yeah, he's eight and four. Uh, He's just been dominant and, this was all a big question mark going. It's a question mark every season since Otani's been in the league. Is that is he really going to be dominant on the mound? Some would say his pitching is almost better than his hitting. Um, that's up for debate. I maybe might lean that way. But yeah, you, could, you could debate that. But I'm going to go with Otani. I know how amazing Christian Javier Whoa. has been. I, I love – I just like what, what I've seen from him. Um, the, his last few outings. And I want to say something that might be like, a, a. am very interested in why Christian Javier isn't an all-star. I'm very interested in why ha- Javier has pitched extremely well. He is not an all-star. His, the two Astros pitchers that made the team were uh, Valdez Verlander. and Verlander. Yes. I mean, they have been awesome. They've been awesome. Yeah. So hard to say. Yeah, I know. I just, I'm just interested to see like why Javier didn't make the cut. There's a lot of guys that didn't make the cut. Like Dylan C should have absolutely made the cut. He didn't make it. Ty France didn't make it. We can go on this for for hours. I'm just saying Javier's killed it. But you know, so is Otani. 
Yeah, I mean, there's only so many spots. Uh, and when you got to take one player from every team per the rules, that makes it hard. Uh, Paul Blackburn has no business being in this all-star game, but the rules are the rules. So what do you think um, about that real quick? A little sidebar. What do you think about that rule being that every team has to have an all-star to be representing? I understand the reasoning why, because you want every team to represent into the all-star game. It's branding. It's showing players from each team. I absolutely disagree with it. I absolutely 100% disagree with it. If you are an all-star, you're an all-star. I can't, I I don't like how Paul Blackburn, who's had a good year, but Dylan Cease is better than him. Javier is better than him. Those are two pitchers right off the bat that should have made it. And I just, I'll never really understand this whole thing. I remember one year, like an Orioles pitcher made it and he was, he's he's just bad. He was just not good. And he, and he had like a good enough year to make the all-star team as the representative. So, well, so here's, I think not to make it all about money, but I feel like this world is run by it. Uh, if the athletics in this Paul Blackburn example didn't have a player represented, then, and I mean, not that the athletics are a great fan base. I, I bet the team is going to move to Las Vegas. Not, I guess this is a betting show. So I haven't actually bet this, but my guess is that they will be a Las Vegas athletics pretty soon. Um, but unfortunately you shut out an entire market from buying uh all-star caps all-star jerseys all i mean i don't know know exactly rocks those but um if you're i I think it's it's really about trying to keep this game growing as much as possible so that's why you need it i don't love it because i'm a person who believes in merit and that merit should just get you anywhere in life but um, ultimately since this isn't that type of show i will then move on to our interleague which Seattle has no starter named uh, at visiting the Nationals and a really early start for them. Body clocks will be 9 a.m., which might be a little bit tough. But uh, our guy, Hoorod, man, I just I can't believe his two game suspension, even though it got knocked down to one for this guy getting thrown at ball behind him. Didn't do anything at all. Absolutely ridiculous. Commissioner's office. You should be ashamed of yourself, but you're also ruining this game that we love. Um, and that'll be my quick diatribe. Uh, next we'll go Milwaukee at Minnesota, which is, should be a pretty competitive series. Uh, Aaron Ashby at Joe Ryan. And I got to say, Joe Ryan minus 128 at home, over-unders eight and a half. Joe Ryan is just, he's not been the same guy we were, we were looking at last season. He, um, his fastball velocity was never really a thing, but I feel like his location hasn't been very good. And when you're trying to live 90 or 91 miles an hour top, the zone and which I guess seems to be a twins thing because Dylan Bunny does the same thing as well. It just hasn't really been working. So uh, when I see Ashby underdogs here as an underdog here, I love that bullpen, huge, huge discrepancy there. So I lean to the brew crew quite a bit. I totally agree. The, the bullpen for the twins is really suspect. And when you have that happening, I, I watched the Rangers series when Minnesota was in Texas yeah. A lot of lead changes, late game stuff happening. I'm, I think, I think I actually think one of those games I bet on. I need to double check here. Yeah, yeah so July eighth, Sunny Gray, I think. Correct. It was Sunny Gray. I forgot who that was against. John Gray. Yeah, John Gray. Was it? Was it John Gray? Grays. It was the Grays. Right, Battle the Grays. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. I was. I was just furious. Sunny Gray pitched really well, and the bullpen blew it. And. I, I can't I can't do it again. 
until I get satisfied with a, a, at least one or two games in a row with nice bullpen work. From the I mean, twins, so. they're not going to have it because the twin, I mean, Caleb Tealbar has been pretty good. Um, and then Duran just seems to get used at, at I, mean, I think they're giving him high leverage innings, but he was pitching two innings at a time. That's not really happening anymore. Emilio Pagan has, I mean, really returned to Emilio Pagan. He was pitching and throwing really well for about a two or three week stretch, but he's been an absolute gas can. And, uh, that's, that's the difference in this game is if you take a lead, it's so hard to get a lead in any professional sport. When you take one, you should be investing in not giving them away. And I feel like that's a big problem for the the haves and the have nots. And currently in major league baseball today is that, uh, if you're a have and you're trying to win, you're spending on your bullpen and you're going to keep leads. And that's the most important thing in this game. Next, we'll move to Cincinnati visiting the Bronx. Mike Miner and his gas canness at Luis Severino. Severino minus three zero five, three dollars and win one. That's the biggest, the biggest on the show on Wednesday, but will not be the biggest this year, as I'm sure those those numbers are going to climb quite a bit, especially on the Yankees if they continue to perform the way they have. Over under is nine. Um, I, I do really like Alexis Diaz in the ninth inning potentially for the Reds. I just don't really see that being a situation where he's trying to hold a lead at the end. Um, so this is going to be a, a good old stay away for me. Yeah. I'm just going to enjoy this as a fan. I'm going to watch this. I'm going to watch this. Enjoy a nice, I would say, hopefully high scoring game for the Yankees at home. Severino has pitched very well this year. This is a nice tune up game going, you know, I, I say that because it's, I hate saying that because then like, of course, like the Reds score like fucking five runs and, and then the Severino struggles. But realistically, this is a good 2 0 game for Severino against a weak lineup. Uh, not a lot of plate discipline. Really, it's really Brandon Drury, who's another guy who should make the all star game. That he and they and Tyler Stevenson, those are the two guys in that lineup that may might give Severino some headache. But that's it. Yeah, uh, I don't think he's got a lot of headaches. I think he's going to uh, get a lot of air conditioning coming from the, uh, the batter's box. Uh, next, we'll go uh, Philadelphia at Toronto. No line, unfortunately, because this is actually a pretty good matchup. Zach Wheeler against my guy, Ross Stripling, who's had a pretty good year. Uh, maybe he's finally delivering on that prospect pedigree from years and years ago. But Zach Wheeler, who's really turned around his season, his numbers look really good right now. Uh, I'm leaning that way, but no line currently. Oh, and another beautiful gift from Major League Baseball and our odds makers. No line either on the Orioles and the Cubs. Spencer Watkins at Justin well Steele, fresh off. Uh, congrats on the sex, Mr. Steele. Um, he's coming <laughs> off paternity leave. And I got to say, I mean, the, the Cubs were a favorite tonight. I probably would expect the Orioles to be an underdog tomorrow. And they've been playing great. Um, their bullpen's better. Justin Steele, who knows how much sleep he got um, as he was doing diapers for probably the first time in his life. Maybe, I, I don't know. don't know the guy. Maybe he's done it before. But um, that's that's a, an interesting game because the Orioles don't uh, don't sleep on the O's. We've been talking about them. They've been pretty competitive this year, but they are, um, you know, they're about to get, get to 500 if they can come back and win tonight. So uh, we'll see what happens as there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the trop right now. I, a lot I, of crazy. Wow. Um, so with that, without further ado, um, we'll get to uh, another, another uh, promotion for our listeners, 20% off for all listeners of this MLB podcast. 
Use the promo code STEAL20. Like you're stealing dollars from your bookmaker. You're stealing dollars from your friends by playing our 2-0 best bets from Friday. Or excuse me, from Monday. There's so many shows now. It's hard to keep the days straight. But this is our Wednesday, Wednesday pod. Use, use the promo code STEAL20. You can get my picks that usually come out each night before I go to sleep. Um, we've had some great pregame.com professional handicappers, some on some big runs right now as well. Uh, so come check us out, steal 20, and you get 20% off any site purchases. Uh, parlay that in with your $25 free for signing up, as my co-host already mentioned. And before I step off the soapbox, 2-0 last, last pod. We're going to go for another 2-0 today, and I've already hinted to it. Um, I'm sorry that I stole it from my partner, but uh, I've given him – the ability to go first last few podcasts. I've won two straight looking to make that three and I'm going Christian Javier on the road at Shohei Otani. Uh, just can't really say there's such a discrepancy between the Houston Astros and the Los Angeles angels of Anaheim. They do have a loss in their name. That's what I'm expecting them to get in this next start. You're totally right. My co-host, as he said, Shohei Otani has been awesome lately, but I feel like a lot of that has been him getting strikeouts in really dangerous positions, like high stress pitches. I'm not saying he's injured or anything like that, but I do think that that's a much harder thing to do against the Astros because they don't really swing and miss. They've been going through some of their injuries themselves. They're missing Jordan Alvarez, who's on the IL. I I don't think he's that badly injured, but probably getting some extra rest, especially because they have a million game lead in the AL West. Um, Christian Javier off a bad start after, because he couldn't be perfect forever. Um, I think he, he... I think he left the game with no hits allowed against the Yankees. And then I think the rest of the bullpen kept that going as well. Um, I I just think the, the Astros are a much better team and I'm looking to back them as an underdog as much as possible, because I don't think we're going to get this opportunity much this year. So I'm going to go Christian Javier. Uh, He was one fifteen earlier. Make sure I give you a current line Uh, one Christian Javier plus one eighteen as the Astros go to Disneyland and get a win. I like Otani in that, but we'll, we'll, we'll I, I like it. But you know what? I like that pick as well. I do. For my best bet for Wednesday's episode, we talked about this matchup being that this one pitcher, and his name's Adam Wainwright, had a fantastic start against the Phillies going nine innings. Wainwright has been very weird for me this year. Uh, I've bet against him. I've bet on him. Been on the Cardinals a few times. I'm maybe 500 this year. Well, this time I'm going with one of the best teams in the league. I'm going with the Dodgers and Tony Gonzalo. <laughs> That's right. I'm going. I almost. I tried to get you. I tried getting you, Griff. I tried, I, but I, I, I fell for it. I fell you did for fell it. for it. I'm taking Tony Gonsolin and the Dodgers. Gonsolin with that really really nice one six two ERA, eleven and zero, continuing his unbelievable stretch. Gonsolin has really emerged into one of the better pitchers in the entire league, surprising a lot of people with a rotation that's already stacked to begin with. He's one of the secret weapons for this team. I know Adam Wehrer had a really nice start in his last start, but I'm going to continue really, really harping how amazing Gonsolin has been. Tony Gonsolin and the Dodgers, minus 145 on the road. Lock it in. Well, uh, I'm glad there's no video because I think my eyebrows just jumped off my forehead. I, I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, Wainwright, no way. Off the, the I got you, start. Griff. 
I was I like, do- no way is he actually doing that. And then and then came the okie doke. You know, hey, you know, sometimes you know what your coast is gonna say. I think this is our 34th or 35th episode. So uh, wow, got me this time. But yeah, so those are our picks. You can follow us on Twitter. I'll give you mine, the real underscore G Warner is my handle. Feel free to slide in those DMs. I've I've been missing everybody a little bit over the last few days. So say nice things, mean things, call me out, do whatever you want. But we're trying to build as much as we can for future podcasts. Um, so come on in there, slide on in the real underscore G Warner. Go ahead, Taylor. Give it, give it to the people and uh, get us out of here. All right. Two great best bets. If you want to keep talking to Griff and I, Griff just gave you his handle, my handle at Taylor Ringold, T-A-Y-L-O-R-R-I-N-G-O-L-D. And Instagram, I'm going to start posting some videos here and there. You can follow me on Instagram at Taylor underscore Ringold. Content, 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 Griff. We're doing it. Two best bets for this week. A couple promos on this episode. A fan question as well. We will catch you guys on Friday's episode. Get ready. We're going to break down a weekend series spotlight and, of course, Friday's card and, of course, a best bet at the end of each episode. We'll catch you guys on Friday. Peace.